recording here we are you see on your marks or recording is that actually recording yeah it's time see can you believe it's definitely that recording that. i can it believe it i mean it's like when you do a self-tape isn't it and usually you do a rehearsal whatever you do the first that's the one you end up sending that's off. the best one yeah, yeah. Exactly. and you can yeah. faff around for hours afterwards it takes ages you're always yeah. chasing that first one exactly uh, anyway so you're recording now right <laughs> we are recording okay perfect that's a really start good start. start yeah again. go for it go for okay. it start again It's Stage Door Athletic with Jack Loxton and Rob Shaw Cameron. Please take your seats. Kickoff is about to commence. deal um <laughs> jack and i got chatting and we thought you know what there's just not enough sporting podcasts out there correct there's just not enough wannabes desperately trying to think up a podcast format so that they can you know shamelessly attempt self-promotion self-promotion so, is the key yeah yeah this is what it's all about ultimately and and any people <laughs> doing a podcast should admit the same thing so we are breaking should, yeah. we are breaking the mold here we think we've cracked it so here we are a couple of lovies couple of turns, mm. as we say mm. in the biz, stars of stage and screen. I, I mean, um, stars, participants? Participants. participants. Yeah, we'd get the medal for, for taking part. Yes, we, we show yeah. up sometimes on stage and screen. <laughs> yeah. A pair of West End Wendy's. You're a West I, End Wendy, currently. I am. Two actors. Well, I mean, I'm a director too, actually. In fact, I've previously been Jack's director of three times. Yeah, he has. And That'll be talked about, don't worry. Yes, and still... The bossy one, as you'll discover. Um, yes, and has done most of the legwork of this project, yes. so that's good. But you're, I would say you're the more successful one, Jack. What is success, Rob? No one cares, really. Okay. Um, but uh, I would say you're more successful. Two thesps who happen to absolutely love their sport. Love sport. Which, you may be surprised to know, isn't actually that common in theatre. Mm. But, thankfully, common enough. Because this is how this works. Each time we're going to team talk all things sport with our actor buddies that was a good pun team talk uh, some sport loving celebs at times maybe even the odd galactico of showbiz very good very good that's very good. This is not often. Um, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna put together their sporting highlights highlights package perfect um their trophy lifting triumphs their sporting Penalty shootout heartbreaks. Oh, my God. Do you work for, like, the Generation <laughs> Game with all these puns or something? That's we're brilliant. Gonna, that's what we're going to talk to them about. And why they love sport. You know, find out about their dyed-in-the-wool allegiances, how it informs their performance, how they craft, why they think... They don't have to have a link, of course, but no. I feel that there's a bit of a link. Of it. But that's not it, Jack, is it? Because 
All no. of this really is in a shameless pursuit of our ultimate guest appearance. <laughs> we, we're going to get our actor friends to introduce us to someone more famous than them in order to get us invited to attend our bucket list of major sporting events. Free Easy. tickets. Free tickets. Free tickets. We want to free piggyback tickets. other people's success. For free tickets to sporting to events. To major sporting events. So we can tick off those amazing life experiences. I, I think it's mad that nobody's thought of this before. I do. I mean, I can't imagine a problem in achieving any of this. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. I think Hollywood's finest will want us to go with them to all these sporting amazing events. I mean, my worry is that we get there too soon, that we only, you know, yeah. we don't have enough podcasts to get to that destination because people just go, well, yeah, come along. To be honest, I'm happy with the Forest Green Rovers match. Yeah, me too, actually. Um, well, I don't, do. I don't know why I said Forest Green Rovers. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 well, the anyway, we digress. Uh, the, the Britain's <coughs> most ecological team, aren't they? So, um, is that true? Yeah, they've got a whole um, sustainability policy. Um, they've, their kit is now, I think, made out of recycled materials. They're that's uh, carbon zero. But maybe that's a whole episode in itself. So I, I thought, <laughs> let me introduce you, Jack. In fact, let's Google you. Brilliant. Uh, let's just do Jack Loxton. Hang on. Oh, no. so actually, you do come up as just putting Jack Loxton comes Jack Loxton Age, Jack Loxton Wiki, Jack Loxton Twitter, Jack Loxton Warhorse, Jack Loxton Vanity Fair, Jack Loxton Instagram. So you do come up first. I think that's because you've got an well, the, X. The, the, the first one is Jack Loxton Age. No, uh, actor, Jack Loxton actor, and then actor, Age. Okay. Yeah, so people no, are, yeah, maybe that's just a common. Oh, Jack Loxton United. So your agents have got up at the top, and then that's good. Stagefaves.com. Let's go there. What was that? Stage Faves. Oh, you'll love Stage Faves. Not that. I've seen any of this. I've never Googled myself well, yeah, ever. Like, this is just mum telling me all this kind of stuff. You can get Jack Loxton Caps merch. Yeah. No, that's obviously an algorithm, isn't it? They're just whoever is on that no, page. No, it's it, no, it's for real, honestly. No, but every it's page, for real. There's not a whole stock of those things. My nan's got a couple, I think. Yeah. Do you want one? No. But you are no, you 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 are an actor currently appearing in Dear Evan Hansen, aren't you, in the West End, which is very good. That uh, is well, correct. Well yeah. you. Um, Thanks, mate. And actually, and War Horse and Curious. So you specialise in playing troubled boys younger than yourself, would you say? Rob, that's the remit. Yes. That's good. the remit. Long no, it's true. Continue. I am um, troubled, troubled teenagers. That's 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 the thing at the moment. I am currently sporting a goatee though that you that you very kindly picked up on. Yeah, how long does that? So hopefully one day I'll be able to play like a twenty-two year old or something. Even yeah. though I'm twenty-nine this year. Long way to continue. You lucky, lucky thing. Thanks. Brilliant. So that's you. No one cares really. I and mean, we just get on with the sports stuff because no one cares. I mean, I would like to give you a nice little introduction of Robert. Now, I I did my Google pre-recording. Oh. Um, and I just I'm, what I'm gonna do is I feel like this needs some kind of um, uh, you know like a, like a soundtrack. Yeah, oh, yeah. Exactly. What would you pick? have you chose one? Yeah, no, this is all pre pre <laughs> pre pre fit. So let's just. Can you hear that? Yeah, what is it? Robert Shaw Cameron, <laughs> born 26th of June 1976, is a British actor and director. Born Robert Shaw, he was brought up in Leeds, Yorkshire. He is the son of a teacher and engineer and has an elder sister. <laughs> Shaw attended North Arsenal High School. I, I got, this is your whole Wikipedia page. You've got a Wikipedia page. Anyway, I'll carry on. He directed I first... know that. It's ridiculous. How have you got one and I haven't? I don't anyway, know why. So I don't know who would have done that. University of Birmingham, you went to the Webber Douglas Academy of Dramatic... That's a good, that's a good little jump in. Um, it's slightly loud, Jack, that's all I would it? say. Oh, yeah. it's okay, yeah. sorry, sorry. Oh, that's no, we'll yeah, 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 that's good, yeah. 
Okay, don't don't lambast this. No, no, I've sorry, been planning no, this all day. It's just that you're peeking. Okay, so anyway, I've got some reviews. I've got oh some reviews God. for you. Uh, he directed First Person Shooter by Paul Jenkins at Birmingham Repertory Theatre, for which mm. he received the following reviews. But not only does the production, ably directed by Robert Shaw Cameron, allow ably. us to peer into the game of ably, of all the words <laughs> that that critic from the Daily Telegraph, I don't know who it was, ably. he picked ably, brilliant. But mm. um, this, I'll go on to my bit now that I've written. Rob has directed me three and a half times. Three and a half? City of Angels, Cabaret, Auto de Fe by Tennessee Williams. Yes. He took over direction of a play where I wasn't cast <laughs> as the lead, so I left the youth theatre group three days into rehearsals, hence the half credit. <laughs> Avid you sports fan, loves even. leads. There you go, perfect. That's Robert Shaw Cameron. Oh, my God. Uh, we, we'll have to talk about that half-time another time because uh, that's, oh, yeah, that's, I mean, that just exposes a, a lot of about your character. Good. So, what do you love about sport, Jack? Why are we doing this? What's your thing? Well, yeah, why are we doing this? This came out of the blue. This, You know, we're, we're middle of lockdown. We obviously, Rob wanted to get onto the podcast scene, so asked his famous friend, Jack. Um, <laughs> and I think what I love about sport and theatre is just the, the palpability of both, that you're just there and they're happening and the drama is live. I just think that they're so kind of fiery and engaging. Like, you know, I've wept in the theatre and I've wept in the stands of all different sorts of sports. But, um, but, but I've always loved it. Sports from a young mainly, age. mainly at the Albion, you've wept, I would imagine. I've cried so many times. Yeah. I can't tell you how much I cried when we lost Derby in the playoff final. I can't tell you how much I cried. It was ridiculous. It was really embarrassing. I but hate Derby. I hate Derby as well because of that moment. There's nothing like the atmosphere of being at a sporting event. You know, the lead-up to it, the pre-match routines, which really ties into theatre and, and you know, the, pre, the pre-routines the pre of going to the theatre. I yeah. love sport. I spend so much time listening and watching sport that I do feel mm. like I'm slightly in the wrong game in many ways because mm. I'm genuinely passionate about sport in a way I'm not really passionate about theatre anymore. I'm just on a down spell about it. It'd be all right, but I'll, 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 I'll get, get through, through it. it. But for me, I'll tell you what, I think along with storytelling, music, laughter crying i think it's the most unifying of human experiences it can overcome politics conflict we've seen that in history and i think when those things come together sport story laughter and tears there's nothing better there really isn't and i think the best theater there is is sport the actors or the the players on the pitch and the audience or the crowds no one knows how it's going to end and that's totally compelling to me and I think like you said theatre's live sport is live and it's a shared experience and we know through the pandemic of course theatre's dead without an audience Mm. um sport can carry on but it's not really sport without the crowds is it I I absolutely love it I mean these days skiing is my passion I love skiing you've always loved skiing I love skiing but I think what I tell you this is very wonky I think you know people talk a lot about mindfulness and presence and all the rest of it for me, when you're skiing, you've just got to be where you are. Where you are, yeah. you've got to be on your skis. You can't think too far ahead. You can't reflect on what's just gone on here because that's dangerous. But you just in, you just got to be present and absolutely love it. So we want to just talk about that. I want to talk about that passion. I want to find out about what's driven other people's sporting experiences. Hopefully, we'll get to do that. I hope we get to do it. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? You got you got really passionate then. That was it really is, nice uh, to hear. Very passionate. That was really good. Well, well, I think you're right though. I think it does remind us that we're. Um, we're human, this shared experience and stuff. One thing that Rob always used to say in um, 
in every show that he's directed me. <laughs> I do and, have I, some and I mean this in stock every, sales. Oh, there'll, there'll be there'll be a jingle. There'll be a Rob Shaw Cameron cliche coming through. Um, <laughs> but in one thing he said through every show that he's directed me in is, "We are greater than the sum of our parts." I do like that saying. Yeah, and it's very true. It's very true. If um, you know, if you're sitting in a cauldron of a thousand people watching a play or watching, you know, the last day of the ashes, there's just something so powerful about it, and so in the moment and so palpable and real it makes us more human i think i think it's the ultimate human experience well that's interesting because obviously in the background just watching the masters and um that's obviously uh, an individual sport but it's not an individual sport is it increasingly now more than ever you think of all the coaching that goes on the sports psychology the fitness they've ever been so it is a whole collection of people coming together with one shared objective which is that person's performance totally you know the the whole being greater than the sum of its parts i think is very important Uh, what so come on what's your best sport in achievement were you were you a sports person or did you play a sport? Not you're not. Are you? That's uh, that's evident. Person. Well, the answer but, is yes. I am actually. Oh, I'm okay. a sports person. You asked me this question a few weeks ago, and I didn't really know what to say. But I've got a few things to say now. Yeah. Sporting achievements. Think of me as like the um, jack of all, master of none. Yes. I'm all right at football. Yeah. I'm all right at What's golf. What position? I have played centre forward. Mm. Think of me as like um like an an unfit, out of shape Shane Long. Oh yeah. Uh, Irish international plays the for f- Southampton currently. The locks in the box. The locks in the box, mate. If I had a quid, I'd be rich. I swear, if I had a quid. But yeah, you know, I've sport. I mean, I love golf. I mean, my grandpa got me into golf very young. He kind of, as soon as I could hold a golf club, he bought me a golf club and threw me at the driving range and stuck me there for as long as possible. And I love golf. It is just, especially so playing. Are you, I quite, are I quite you pretty like handy at golf? Yeah, no. I, well, I'd say my handicap at the moment, thanks to lockdown, is probably around about. 15 at the moment really which is pretty good yeah that's it's not really bad. good it's so how bad. often would you play in non-pandemic times twice a week would you really yeah if the weather's good but even if the weather's bad i mean when i was a kid i used to, i was a member at hales owen golf club it's around the corner from where i was brought up and me and sam sharp who i don't talk to anymore i think he's a spark <laughs> but i'm not sure we didn't have much in common. <laughs> but he was a nice guy after school we used to walk to hales owen golf club and just play three or four holes, and that would go on in the summer, like, every day. It's just the best sport. And as I've sort of kind of grown up with it and got a bit older myself, it's kind of great to walk around with a few beers in the mini fridge of the yes. golf cart. It's oh, great. I love the culture great. of it. I think it's brilliant. But, um, yeah. You've, so have you ever been a we... member of a club? Yeah, a few times. I'm oh, a yeah. member of one at the moment, actually, in near Barnet, Arkley Golf Club. I worked there for a bit. It was really good. Yeah. But, you know. Can I just tell you a golf... quick um, golf story? Are I'm, you good at golf? Do you play golf? I can hit, I would say I could hit sort of one in ten, I would say is like, oh my God, you know, that's, okay. I, I connected. And then I would say sort of six in ten, I sort of connect with, but I have no idea where they're heading, but you know, they will head somewhere. Do you want to get better at golf? Sure. I would like to get better at golf, actually. We're we going to play some golf? We'll Let's play, play golf. golf. We we'll do, golf. We'll do a live uh, golf. We'll do a li- but, <laughs> um, but I'll tell you what I did do. One of my best friend is an actor, Elliot Cowan, who is a great actor but a terrible sportsman. But we did go play golf. Uh, we lived together when we were at drama school. And when we just sort of finished at drama school, we were both sort of in our first year, we went and played a little nine-hole course in South London somewhere. I can't remember where it was. We had to drive out and we took our shitty clubs. But I do remember getting a call from my agent on the golf course, which I, I just thought this was... Uh, right. 
the most <laughs> incredible thing ever that I'd suddenly fulfilled all my ambitions of being an actor and I took a call. Oh my, I had to, sorry, excuse me. It's my agent. I took this call. I mean, these, of course, were the days when I, my agent used to call me. Um, but they, I remember thinking, oh my God, I've made it. I've yeah. absolutely made it. I mean, it was yeah, that's some- a seminal moment. Yeah. yeah, it was something like, well, we haven't got your bank details. Can you give us your bank details? Or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. for a you know, race or audition or anything. But oh, yeah, it's, it's true. I think I, I, I don't know. I mean, I love and I love football. Of course, football is football and golf are probably the top two. But in terms of golf, I actually have got a hole in one and a par have four. You really? Yeah, that's par amazing. Four. What did that feel like? Wally Golf Club. Oh my god. So I'm. Hang on. I mean, I won't drop check. this. Did anyone Go see on. it? Yeah, yeah. There was yeah, four good. of us there. We were in a full ball, um, me and my mates. And I, I'll try not to drop this a lot during the weeks, but I have got an Olivier nomination. Let's just get it out of there. Oh, God. He's rolled his there eyes. Let's just get it out of there really quickly. So Britain's the moment of that... Olivier nominated actor. Jesus Christ. Not for long, but we'll see. Um, so that was, you know, that's a seminal moment in my acting career, but it falls way short to the feeling I had for that hole-in-one. And I swear, it was over 300 yards. I put the ball down. I knew exactly where I was putting it. It took a lovely little kick off the top of the right end of the bunker and hit the flag and just dropped. And we all look at <gasps> Oh, hang on, hang on. It hit the flag and went in. No, 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 no. That no. is not a hole-in-one, is it? No, it, That's rolled, a... it rolled and hit the flag. because Oh, speed. I see. If, I oh, it, say, if it yeah. hadn't have hit the hole, it would have been... It would have been off the green at the back. Right, I've hit it yeah. that hard. Yeah. But it elevated tee box and I'm looking down at the green and it hits it hits the, the cup and the flag and just drops and then the ball just disappears. So I'm looking at my mates going, where the hell has that gone? And I look over to Stefan and Stefan just said, that's gone in hole in one. And I'm telling you, T-shirts off, trousers were nearly coming off. I'm running around. All the old pensioners were just embarrassed to be there purely because, you know, this young whippersnapper is just pumped a driver all the way in from 350 yards away. That was up there for me. It's, it's, I mean, it's seriously up there. That's amazing. Um, that, well, that, I, I can not imagine many people can, Not many people. It's an amazing feat. And trust me, I'll, I'll get you. I'll get. Hey, that can be one of the one of the mini subtitles. We can get you a hole in one during we do while we're doing this. That's but there's, amazing. There's lo- it was it was a it was a good moment. But there's a there's a few. I've scored from the halfway line <gasps> playing football. Really? Um, what a school? Yeah. But no, this was about just pre Dear Evan Hansen actually. Yeah. Um, so a couple of summers ago. Ball rolls to me, ping it, top bins from outside the halfway line. That was pretty good. And it wasn't a five-a-side match, full 11-a-side match. It was all good, don't worry about it. Yeah. And this is probably the biggest one for me. Yeah. I have played tennis at the All England Lawn Tennis Club. Have you? How did that come about? So I worked as a court attendant at Wimbledon. Oh, hang on. So you, you, you stole onto the court when you're not meant to have been, when you should have been sweeping the staircase after a match. Is that what happened? It's almost like you've been watching me whilst I was doing that job. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. But there was no way I was not going to p- pick up a tennis racket with another one of the guys working and go, quick, serve me a ball so I can say I've worked. Is that what you did? Wimbledon. Yeah. Which court Well, basically, was it? it's kind of, uh, it was court number, do you know where the, not court number two, court number three. So it's like the smallest bowl oh, kind of. Is that got, oh, not two, which has got the big high sides. That, that one, it was that one. Your the pe- one with the two high sides. Yeah, it was that one exactly. Djokovic wasn't playing. Yeah. Nobody was there. It was after the after the tournament. We were keeping some of the courts open for the members. They yeah. actually have members there. It's ridiculous. Also, the Queen's gynecologist is a member at the All England Lawn Tennis Club. How we all lost our that? shit. We asked him. No, he just got a big badge. He's got a big badge on saying I'm the Queen's gynecologist. You know, nobody was looking. There were two tennis rackets in the common room that we were in. 
grabbed it, went on, played a couple of games. So I have played in the shadow of centre court. That was pretty. I'm going to get so much shit for that if anyone here picks this up. <laughs> That's in the great, future. though. Good on you. I'll do, well done for stealing that. Tell me about your sporting achievements. I want to know because you, you do ski. Do ski. I'm current reigning ski guide of the year for Britain's most expensive tour operator, but that's slightly. Uh, <laughs> so I Can you explain that? that? <laughs> well, I, I, you know, in order to get some free ski holidays, I guide for a British ski tour operator aimed at very high net worth individuals, and I ski them around Swiss resorts and take them for lunches for which they pay, which is a nice added bonus. But that's, uh, that's such a good job. It's really good. I was nominated Ski Guide of the Year. and uh, So you're, you're kind of an award winner. Kind of award winner. But proper sport achievements. I mean, obviously, I guess you're not thinking about my selection for Wakefield Schools Rugby League or Yorkshire Schools Rugby League. I mean, obviously, I'm not thinking. No, about that. I guess you're not really thinking about my two not out for Carlton Cricket Club under 18s. Um, how many balls? How many balls were delivered? Oh, I think I would imagine sort of I would have survived three or four. So and, you didn't uh, even make the over. I wouldn't have thought so. No, I, I was. It was notorious because I played very late. So people used to, my friends, the parents, friends, all watching used to get very nervous because the ball would come and then I would sort of just take it from the stumps in a very late play and sort of rescue it. Yeah, I mean, not a great cricket batsman, but yeah. I, was an, I was a sort of, I would say, below-average wicketkeeper. Uh, but okay. my 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 best mate at school, Dave Dave Chambers, he was just one of those like you know just all round sports people, you know, yeah. and a very good cricketer. And so he was captain, lead bowler, opening batsman. Would always score the lion's share, of the runs, take the most. So as his mate, who was a lovely guy by the way, he's not. He wasn't that arrogant sportsman, but he was very talented. He still is, I think. You know, a decent sort of. Middle-aged, paunchy cricketer at a local college. But he... Um, you see, I want to do that. I want to kind of retire and then be an all-rounder for, like, I don't know, Hemingsworth Village. Yes. And play for the third team. That'd be so great. I don't know what that is, but... Just eating, uh, eating uh, round trees, fruit pastels on the boundary. Yeah. <laughs> sort of having chats with people as they walk around the boundary and yeah, then suddenly beers. the ball comes towards you and you do a, you do a panicked <laughs> sprint towards the ball and pull something slightly. So you're like, ah, oh, Correct. it's all right. And you throw it and then you've got a slight hammy twinge that you can moan about for a few weeks. That's exactly right. That's exactly um, right. But, I mean, I guess I did demonstrate sporting prowess quite early because nine years old, we moved to Cornwall for a crazy year in our life with mum and dad, and uh, I went down to Venton Vane's horse riding stables at the end of the uh, the farm track in Liscard. I'm liking where this is going. And being the precocious sort of no-fear child that I was, started horse riding lessons, then when it came round to the annual Jim Carner, for which all the kids and then all the adults, and I walked away with a trophy. Overall no. winner, uh, Venton Vane's Jim Carner, 1985, no. I think that would have been. No um, way. It was just nice. So, yeah, I mean, early promise. That um, is a great start. That's yes. a great start in a sporting career. Yeah. But, I mean, I, you know, I'm obviously you can tell I'm very humble, but actually my biggest sporting <laughs> achievement, I, I genuinely was a protégé rugby league referee. Um, yes. I became, I, tra- I played rugby league all my life with my dad, big rugby league fan. And I saw, I got fascinated watching the ref. So my dad actually worked with a then senior referee, Steve Haig. And he said, well, bring Rob down and I'll teach him the laws of the game. So we, me and my dad used to go down uh, on a Wednesday night and he'd take me through the laws of the game and then put me through my referee's exam. I passed age 10 became the youngest referee around. And then I started doing under-8s matches at 10, 
under 10 and just always kept going for about two years below me until I was 15, 16. Then I started doing men's games and then I got promoted up into the National League, National Conference this, League. This is a big, big career step. Yeah, and huge. it was. And then in, uh, genuinely in 1996, 97 season, I was the National Conference League Referee of the Year. Oh. And then I went on to become Reserve Grade Referee, Super League Reserve Grade Referee. This is all by age oh. 19, 20, 21. Went to Australia to referee, refereed in America, refereed in you Ireland. Never told me, you never Did told me you went abroad for it. Mm. I refereed the Student Rugby League World Cup final between Great Britain and New Zealand. Wow. Um, so it's the single biggest regret of my life, actually. I don't really believe in regrets, but I, I genuinely would have been top of my game. But, okay. you know, we'll I mean, talk about that there's a lot time, of information. Sure. There's a lot of information yeah. in here. What I will ask quickly, though, mm. is... Because it's not the same... Because I'm not a massive rugby fan. I've never been a rugby union or league fan. Yeah. I've tried, but I just... I can't get into it. Anyway, in football, yes. obviously, referees are wankers. Yes. Everybody hates referees, right? Especially at the moment with VAR and all that kind of stuff. In rugby, there's slightly a bit more respect. Did you command that respect from the age of 10 all the way up to the end well, it's a good when question. I think you're right. I think the thing that people do look, I mean, rugby league especially and union, but have always been pioneers in that sort of referee relationship with players. Yeah. And we were to, we had a great guy called Greg McCallum, an Australian who was the best referee in the world, came over to be our uh, head of referees. And prior to that, we had an amazing guy who was my champion called Fred Lindop, Wakefield referee. He'd refereed the Challenge Cup final at Wembley two or three times. He'd, he oh, was big time. He was the dawn of early years uh, of my life refereeing in rugby league amazing guy and became my champion which is why I got through quite quickly but yeah I did command the respect of them and it was I do remember turning up at Hemsworth Miners Welfare Barnsley area proper rough as you like Barnsley working class ex-mining communities amazing communities where rugby league became the centre of them when the pits are closed and they're still playing on the sports fields and I turned up at this game I was 16 years old to referee Yorkshire League 16? yeah the guy turned up and he was wider than he was tall Mm. he had on his head half his head was a ginger bob down to his chin and on the what? other half of his head was entirely shaved. That's like some brave heart shit. That's it terrifying. was quite tribal. And he, you know, he looked at me and went, Are you ref? Oh. And I was like, I am, yeah. I, like, <laughs> I am, yeah. Please don't hit me. All the time. And then he was like, All right, yeah, nice. And then went into the changing room. Oh, and in, that, in the first five minutes of that game, I sent off two players because a brawl erupted on the touchline between a player and a fan. Wow. And I had to send off two players in the first five minutes. But I bossed the game. You've got, got some balls respect. doing that at it 16. Was, That's um, very impressive. Obviously, my dad's six foot tall and, you know, four foot wide. Yeah, he had was your back. Yeah, he's step of the way. But yeah, but I mean, still to have that. I mean, to command that—that's pretty. That's a really. I, I'd put that up as your best sporting achievement. It was that pretty game good. Alone. Do you know what I'd love to? What I'd love to do actually, we should try and speak. I'd love to speak to some of the legendary rugby league refs who who yeah. were big parts of my life at some point on, on the pod, so we'll try and do that in the future. So, talk me through some of the best sporting experiences you've had, be it live or on the telly, what what comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, there's there's loads. We've 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 lived through some um, some pretty turbulent times in sport, in British sport, uh, mm. mainly for me football-wise. It's been pretty tough. I mean, I'm a, I'm a West Bromwich Albion fan. Yeah. Let's just get that out there. Uh, um, so, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of pain that comes with that. I love yeah. them. They're my, they're my boys. The Hawthorns is my home, but 
there's been a lot of pain, but the joy that they have given me uh, over the past 29 years of my life, 28 years, I'm not 29 yet. Have they, though? I mean, how much joy have they actually given you? I, I can't. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go okay, into so that the, another time. I mean, the, fir- the first one, the best sporting experience for me is yeah. the best example of, of being a season ticker at the Albion or any football team that you support, the, the the routine of it, which I really enjoy. Yeah. You know, you finish school on a Friday and then you Match go, what are we doing the weekend? Ritual. Oh, we've got Rotherham at the Hawthorns tomorrow. Yes. I can't wait. And, you know, you get picked Who did up you go with? Blah, blah, blah. So it was it was my best friend's dad, because my, I'm not really from a sporty... Grandpa was a massive sports guy. Dad's not very sporty. Mum not very sporty. So I'm at a New Year's Eve party when I'm like five, six. And my best mate is there, Alex, Alex Heffernan. And his dad was like, oh... What football team do you support? And I said, I think I'm an Aston Villa fan. Oof. And he was like, you think you're an Aston Villa fan? I said, well, yeah, I haven't been to any games. I wasn't this eloquent at four, by the way. Um, I'm paraphrasing. Um, so, Sorry, no, just to- this eloquent. <laughs> Is that what I said? Yeah. No, I just, I just was fascinated. This elo- I'm being eloquent. I, thought, I am I eloquent. Fa- okay, carry on. I'm being eloquent, right? <laughs> anyway. So, you know, you go, oh, I've never been to a game. You know, I'm not sure. He said, oh, you've never been to a football match. Okay, well, you've got to. You can't pick your team until you've been to a match. So, you know, a week later, we've got Cheltenham Tuesday night at the Hawthorns in the, what was then the, I guess it was the Carling Cup? It could have been Carling, it could have been Milk Cup even at that point. Was it Carling? No, you're not that old, are you? I think, no, I'm not that old. Yeah, Carling Cup. older than I am. I think it was the Carling Cup. Yeah. So, we've still got the ticket. I remember walking up the concourse, holding Kev's hand, Kevin's dad's hand, and Alex next to me on the left, and... The instant thing that hit me was the size of it. I mean, this is the Hawthorns. We're not talking about yeah. the new camp. But the size of it, a four-year-old, the floodlights, the rain was coming down, it was freezing, the smell of the grass, and I was just instantly hooked. It was yeah. just incredible. So from that moment on, probably my best sporting experiences, personally for me, have come yeah. from the Hawthorns. And the top one has to be the Great Escape season. Yeah. Now, we're not going to be... Li- the listeners of this podcast aren't all going to be West Bromwich Albion fans or Premier League. No. Fans, we needed to beat Portsmouth last Brian Robson. Is this Brian, Brian Robson period? Yeah. Brian Robson period, yeah. Everybody needed to lose around us and we needed to win. And we won. It was probably the best moment of my sporting career. Doesn't it I've remain seen... the only time a side that's finished at Christmas? Bottom, yeah, yeah. Bottom, bottom went Christmas. Home. What happened to Brian? Did he go to Middlesbrough after that? Or was it? did he come to you from Middlesbrough? I think he, he went came after. from Middlesbrough. Did he? Do you know where he went? Thailand. Did he? As a manager. A manager? Oh, I see, I see, I see. Okay. Sorry. He was okay. wor- you were worried. Right. Okay. <laughs> Just wanted to check. Yeah, so he went to, Tha- he went to Thailand and he was the um, national team manager of Thailand for a bit. So another one, mm. I've been to the Wimbledon, Wimbledon men's final. Did you? Which year? Yeah, 2015 or 2016. I think it was 2015. I'm, I'm courtside. <gasps> Three rows from the front. Um, I can smell Sue Baker when she's doing the intro. <laughs> That's how close I was. Um, Djokovic, Federer. It was brilliant. And it was that, I mean, the, the whole day was, I mean, I love Wimbledon. The first time I ever queued up, it was just the most amazing thing. But being able to be three rows from the court, smelling Sue Baker. She Barker. was wearing like David. Barker. She Baker's Barker, Sue Barker. <laughs> Did you she smell was wearing bread? Like, nah, she, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was wearing like David Beckham um, like precinct or whatever it's stuff whatever it was that's his perfume and it, it was just Djokovic Federer oh, it was amazing there's something about tennis as well because you have to be quiet yes how do you find rallies. that <laughs> oh my god it's so difficult especially when you I mean I wanted Federer to win I don't hate Djokovic mm. but 
Um, I mean, who doesn't love Federer? He's gorgeous. Yeah, he's for, just for one an thing. amazing he's just man. Amazing bloke. Amazing man. So you know, when you're watching these these rallies, and they're like forty shots long, forty hits long, and it's getting to the point where it's like, okay, I need one of you to win the point because I'm going to have a heart attack in a minute because everyone was like, I don't yeah. know how big centre court is. I think 25,000, 20, 25,000, yeah, I think somewhere with the roof now. So like, you know, trying to be quiet, watching and all the noises of middle class, you know, being, oh, oh, you know, kind of <laughs> oh, like Pim's bottles going everywhere, champagne glasses, like oh, trying to be quiet. Um, it was very, so that was, that was up there as well. I mean, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. So and were you there as a paying guest or did you... No, you queued, you paying said you were, that I wasn't a working situation. No, it wasn't a working situation. I basically, I entered the ballot. This is the second or third year I've been. I entered the ballot and everyone was like, you're not going to get any tickets. So many people put the ballot in. And in the ballot, they just give you tickets. And then if you want them, you pay for them. So it could be any day of the tournament. First time I've ever come in the ballot, two tickets for the Wimbledon men's final. It was ridiculous look, ridiculous yeah. look. But it's amazing. It's such a. Have you been? You've been to Wimbledon? Yeah, you've said. I have. It's I such did. A beautiful I've place. been twice, but only I think as ground tickets. And then you yeah. know later in the day you get to go in a bit. Uh, you know when people are leaving, they'll hand you tickets. Yeah, you go into some of the show calls and stuff. But brilliant, brilliant. And it's always around my birthday, Wimbledon. It was a great treat to sort of be there. As yeah, a from the intro. Game. Um, yeah. Born 26th June. of June. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cancerian. But yeah, it was brilliant. I, it's you know, it's it's up there. I mean, also, I mean, we'll, we'll probably talk about the London Olympics mm. quite a bit. Did you go? Because I went to the diving qualifying <gasps> because it was the only ticket I got. Yeah, which is really good. I went by myself actually. I just got it off someone. So I've got a spare ticket. I was like, oh, I'll make it. But even just being around, like it was just everyone was just like high on life. Yeah, the whole city Amazing was just time, wasn't it? buzzing. It was such a beautiful year. Yeah. Uh, but then I, I did go to the Paralympics and got stadium athletics tickets, Excellent. which was yeah. incredible. It was yeah. Such a beautiful stadium. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was a great example of when sport and culture and society come together right you know in, yeah. in, in talking one about theater i mean danny boyle the, the opening ceremony yeah. was like one of the most incredible pieces of theater yeah i didn't like the mr bean bit but anyway no i mean i'm not a fan of mr bean much. i mean no, I, I, not, I, not I, I love Ronan Ronan Atkinson, amazing, but yeah. like, don't get it but i mean good on him and cricket wise i saw england versus australia at edgebaston in the champions trophy odi oh, so it wasn't you were at the uh no, the no i wasn't there yeah, yeah no that would have been incredible. My only cricket match I've ever been to in my really? life. Really? Professional cricket match. I love a day at the cricket. I mean, what this a is day the at cricket. This we, is we should the thing. do one of those days as well. This is the thing. So, like, Round I'm, of golf, I'm confused. Live golf, you, live day at the cricket. Live golf, live at cricket. I, I get there and it, um, it's like nine o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, I don't really get what we're doing. And then I turn around and then there's like four beers in my face. And I'm like, okay, we're doing uh, this. Yes. Okay. Okay, I'm starting to get it now. <laughs> We're sitting in the party stand. Everyone's in, like, party dresses. The fireworks going off. It was an ODI at, like, 9 o'clock in the morning. It was just brilliant. You just sit and get drunk and watch cricket and sledge the, the fielders on the on the boundary. It's that sport it in brilliant. itself, isn't it? I just love it. I love it. Well, in my second... I, I went to Birmingham University. In my second year, we moved to a house which was just 50 yards from Edgebaston Cricket Ground to... Oh, and we used to, when there was Warwickshire Games on there, we or even actually, I think there were test matches at times that we were on, 
we could just open the patio doors and we could hear the roar of the crowd as we had it on the TV. It was. Um, oh, I mean, that's perfect. It was, it was perfect. great. Oh, wow. So you, that's great. So, of those, what would you say is the highlight? What would you say is that your best live sporting experience? I mean, personal for me, as soon as Jeff Horsfield scored that goal at the Hawthorns, we went mental. <laughs> so, that's personal for me. But yep. in terms of, you know, it would probably be Wimbledon's men final. That was yep. huge. That yeah. was incredible. I bet. That's what it. a privilege yeah, to go there because I think. Oh, it was amazing. That would be on many people's bucket list, I think, and yeah. you've already ticked that one off. So, it, well, it still is on the bucket list is with it? another few provisos, okay. which I'm sure we'll British discuss. In a bit. Okay, we'll get to that. So, I would say, so I, you know, thinking about this, I mean, I've been on the planet a little longer than you, and, and obviously, rugby league features a lot in these. You, I think, sure, you don't know a lot about rugby league. I gather. Did you ever watch the Challenge Cup final on BBC on Grandstand? No, this, see, this is what. Bah, bah, bah. Oh no, that's Wimbledon. What's the Grandstand tune? Yeah, yeah, that'll be a game as well. Don't worry. Yeah, that'll be a game at some point. Don't worry. I loved. Um, oh yeah, sporting theme tunes. Good, good call. I think. So, I mean, the thing about being a rugby league fan from the north of England is Wembley, the Challenge Cup final, the pinnacle, the FA Cup of rugby league, was when the North up sticks and went to London for the day. And it mm. still is to a degree, although I think it's been diluted a little bit by the preeminence of the grand final, which is the, the, the league playoff final at Old Trafford now. So it's undermined it slightly, and the switch from winter to summer seasons, the Challenge Cup has mm. changed. But it always used to be early May, first weekend in May, it would be Yorkshire, Lancashire and Cumbria would sort of head down en masse to Wembley. And it didn't matter who was in the final... People just book their ticket. Obviously, the, the, the clubs appearing at the final would get their allocation at each end. But rugby league as a sport has always never really had, while there's fierce, fierce rivalries, but there's no violence in rugby league supporters. You yeah, know? there's so never been any not, never been enough. Stuff like So that, everyone yeah. would go and everyone would wear their club shirt and everyone mingles on Wembley Way as it was then, still is, but different, around the stadium, underneath the Twin Towers as it was, and... Everyone would head down and you'd see people in their amateur club shirts, they'd in their professional clubs, and everyone would yeah, chat and you'd see people you played to. And you'd go a couple of hours before to be part of that. Amazing, yeah. amazing family sport, great atmospheres. Dad, um, my sister Claire came a lot of time, and my uncle Dave and my dad, big Hunslet Rugby League fans as I am, that was our team all our life. And my cousins Ben and Matt, and we would head down to Wembley most years. The one I'm going to pick out was 1997, Rugby League Challenge Cup Final, St Helens versus Bradford Bulls. This was on the 3rd of May, 1997. Now, what happened on the 1st of May, 1997? Uh, oh, I was five, so I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the new Labour government of Tony Blair won uh, its uh, first election victory. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So all my life... Uh, had been essentially, apart from the first three years, had been under a Conservative government colours to the mass, you know, a lot lifelong Labour supporter and from a northern working class family. Yeah. The country was in a weird times there, the end of major, post Thatcher era, a lot of resentment, very divided. And irrespective, there was a massive wave as a you know, massive landslide victory for the Labour Party then. And there was yeah. an incredible atmosphere in the country. It was a bit like two thousand twelve. People felt after a long period of disenchantment and ready for a change, there was an incredible atmosphere in Britain. The birth of Cool Britannia, the Union Jack being reclaimed after years of it being held by the National Front and the right yeah. wing. Suddenly, New Labour and that victory in Cool Britannia and Oasis and Blur and that battle in music 
the Spice Girls, the Union Jack had been reclaimed and yeah. it, it felt fine to be patriotic. And then two days later, the guest of honour, the Rugby League Championship final, was John Prescott, the then newly elected oh, wow. deputy uh, leader of the Labour Party, deputy prime minister as was. He was the guest of honour and the whole 78,000 people at Wembley stood and applauded him, which never happens, does it, as he stood and mm-hmm. rose. Before, yeah. This is pre-match. I'd never sung the national anthem ever in my life to that point. Kind of slightly Republican parents always mm. associated the national anthem with Tory party conferences, with world that I didn't really recognise. Yeah. And I stood and sang the national anthem for the first time in my life. So did the crowd. It was so electric. Massive, massive roar when John Prescott stood. And then gorgeous May sunshine, Wembley pitch. Really great, high-scoring game. St. Helens, Bradford Bulls, 32-22 it was. Live on grandstand. Ray French, iconic commentator, giving it on BBC. Brilliant, brilliant day. And Hunslet versus Swinton. I think I'm right to say it's the same day they get merged. They'd invented this sort of sub-competition called the Challenge Cup Plate, which was for teams who'd got knocked out earlier. And Hunslet was one of those that we got to the final and so we got absolutely hammered by Swinton. So we got there early, we'd watched the pre-match. So we were a bit down about that. But then this amazing day unfolded ahead of us. So that was that was a, that's one that comes to mind. That's got to be up there. That, that sounds that's like um, the stars aligning kind of thing. Yeah. Talking about the North descending on onto London and the mm. Wembley. I, I'm sure I've been on the motorway on a Saturday or a Sunday when the Challenge Cup is on. Yeah. And you're stopping for a piss at Oxford or whatever. Yeah. I remember being in a service station on the M6 or sort of the M5 or whatever. And it was just inundated with rugby league fans. And yeah. it wasn't like... And I don't know if you've been on motorways where it has been a Saturday and, I don't know, Millwall fans are coming out to Birmingham and we're <laughs> going down to Charlton or something. Yeah. And we meet at this, at, you know, not that we've got a problem with Millwall, but Millwall and Millwall. There's always a bit of a sense of like, mm, I don't really want to... It's a bit weird, and you know, even so, I've been on coaches with the Albion, and sometimes the the coach driver said we're going to stop at the next service station because I've just seen loads of other fans yes. pull up here. And at this service station with all the rugby league fans, it was just joyous. Yeah, this kind of like tribal but communal kind of enjoyment that we're all going to go down and just have a good day of sport. Yeah. Of course, the rivalry's there, but it's not the rivalry enough that I'm going to smash a happy meal over your head as you leave. No. The service station. Never. It's just, it's always been like that. And I've always thought that. And I'm sure it was St. Helens as well. It will have been. But I've been, on, I've been on the It'll have been the yeah. Wigan, St. Helens, Warrington Walls, and those big teams that dominated that big year. Of course, yeah. when I was growing up, again, probably before you would, this was like Wigan dominating rugby yeah. league for, for six, seven years. Sean Edwards, Martin, Chariots of Fire, all those legendary yeah. rugby league play, Ellery Hanley. Great, great years. And it's a shame because I think like many sports with the advent, you know, rugby sort of rugby league sold itself to the early Murdoch years and, and Sky Sports. Mm. And so it sort of disappeared from people's consciousness a little bit, much to its cost. And it's always struggled to get the same profile as rugby union. Um, not in Australia, of course, where it's it's much bigger it's than usual. Yeah. I think that's an amazing sporting experience. Thanks. Thanks. But that's London really 2012, good. I also went to London 2012. I mean, that was just huge. What did you say? I did three live events, two at the stadium, uh, some early round athletics, including Usain Bolt heats, uh, <gasps> 200 metre heats. Uh, so that was amazing. I took my niece and nephews to that, which uh, they were very little. Well, actually, Jess was so little, she was in pram, she didn't come in, but 
Lucas and Zach, my nephews, came in to the stadium, so they've they've got that. We were talking about it the weekend, huge. actually. Uh, their memories of that, which are quite scant, but did that, and I also went to another day of athletics with, with some pals, and we did a night at the beach volleyball on Horse Guards oh, Parade uh, in the so rain, jealous. of course. But it was, oh, in the rain, of course. That was but that great. was so much fun. Yeah. So great. But that was so much fun. It was really, really brilliant. Who were playing? Oh, I don't know. It was. I. I think I deliberately chose the men's beach volleyball rounds. You see, that's what I was going to ask. Was it like? Was it blokes or girls? Am I interested or are you interested? <laughs> I think it was. It was more my sort of thing. I think. Um, but Fair of course, enough. it was. I, I still would have liked it to be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure. And then here's here's another one which, I mean, post university, I went travelling with. One of my oh, best this mates. is going to be wanky. This is going to be so wanky. No, it's not. It? It's so tragic in a way. Well, it's not tragic. It's okay. a poor use of the word. But I went travelling around the world with my great mate, one of my best mates, Matt Douglas, also an actor. We lived in Australia for a year and we lived in Sydney. We went to a couple of Ashes Test matches. We went to the Adelaide Oval. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. You've never told me this before. Yeah, I'm dying with jealousy. Oh, okay, you went to the Oval. Fan- Adelaide Oval, which was fantastic because it's such a small intimate yeah. ground you get your isky mate you fill your isky with your ice and your beer and you head to the game and you sit on the hill and oh, you watch your he, cricket is it is it welsh is it <laughs> it's a lot of welsh people there <laughs> and uh we uh that was an amazing day and then we went off and drove down the grey ocean road and all the rest had a big adventure in our followed falcon which collapsed on the uh, east coast but anyway digress anyway. but we were <laughs> then living in sydney for the New Year's Day test match, which we got tickets to the first day, January... The first day of the New Year's yep. New in... Year's Day test match against England in the Ashes. Yes, England versus Australia. Sydney How is this tragic? Ground. This is Well, great day at the cricket. Beautiful sunshine. First ever test match, England-Australia. England, great match, really. I think Australia got, I think, I was looking at 332, I think, on that first day. First day, yeah. to set things up, you know, not a massive score, good score, England... Bowled them all out in that day, including three wickets, a hat trick from Yorkshire's own Darren Goff. Mm. Darren Goff. Darren Goff hat trick at SCG. Now, that's huge. Late in the day was that hat trick. Matt and I decided we'd had a lot of beer and a lot of sun that day, so we might, as it was coming to the close of the day, we might head off. So we decided to sort of head down the stairs to be halfway down the stairs to hear. The crowd erupt as Darren Goff took his first wicket. So halfway downstairs, <sighs> we appear back in in the sort of entrance down on the next tier down just to look and see what had gone on. Oh, Darren Goff had got his wicket. Oh, should we just hang around? We'll hang around for the next ball. Great, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I think I know where this is going. Yeah. Keep going. So Darren Goff, uh, second ball, balled him. Oh, my God, that's amazing. We really do need to get off because we said we'd meet the guys in town and all the rest of it. Yo, let's head off. So, it, of course, you know, you won't get a hatchery. Whatever. So we head down the stairs, head down the stairs, heading out to out the ground, and we hear the third oh my roar. God. So we missed the hat-trick ball. What were we thinking? What the hell were you thinking? Oh, think That's rule number one. You're never going to be... You might never be back at the Ashes ever again. No. And how many The Ashes is the Ashes. ashes and you let... It, it doesn't matter if it was absolutely pissing it down and there was no chance of any play you don't move from the ashes if you're sitting in sydney at the adelaide oval or whatever and you're watching the cricket you don't leave because you've had a bit of sun you have a kip with your hat down for 10 minutes and recharge your batteries and carry on yeah and then you miss the hat trick but you from know, goffey we'll, we'll have been heading to bondi bay to see some mates to oh. head out that night you know but, but who's this welsh guy you keep talking about <laughs> 
But, Bondi Beach, no, but okay, fair enough, fair enough. But still, I mean, that is a huge experience. That's yeah. amazing. To but watch I've slightly blown it now because what Matt and I <clears throat> always swore is that we would always just say we were there when we saw we saw Darren Goff's hat trick. Well, you've told at least five people who are listening to this podcast. So <laughs> are we included? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, well, I think yeah. between us, we've had some pretty good experiences. Can Obviously, I just talk there about is... some of my favourite TV moments, though? Oh, yes, please, please. Because oh, yeah, I've got a couple as well. Have yeah. you? Because I think, it's funny you talked about Wimbledon early. I, Nadal Federer 2008. Oh, the best. Whip, so yeah. epic Wimbledon final, I think. what He finished at 9.30, 9.20 or something like that in the evening. Yeah. Federer won, didn't he? Uh, sorry, Nadal won. Nadal um, won. It was the, it was huge because it was Federer was the king. Yeah. And it was kind of like the first time that Nadal, especially on my radar, that Nadal was coming back in. Five sets, both of them just left everything on the court. Yeah. It's just, there's something so impressive about tennis, singles tennis. Yeah. And to be able to go on that marathon for in, in just that amount of tension and fear and... All emotion. I mean, talk about theatre. It's yeah. ridiculous. That that final was unbelievable. Yeah. It won't be matched. I don't think. I mean, the, obviously, the Andy Murray one was huge. As Murray's well Olympics us. and his Wimbledon fight. Just yeah. incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Then cricket, of course. England, Australia, Edge Baston, second test, um, Flintoff test. I mean, like incredible. Yeah. Which yeah. I watched actually on TV at said best friend in Australia, Matt Douglas's stag do. We were in a cottage we'd hired in Derby and we watched this, God knows how many beers down, and we watched those final overs in our cottage in Derby. And I think that's the thing, isn't it, about sport, is that not only is it just the experience of the sporting event, but it's who you're with when you're watching it and those memories. Then there's all the the recent years, 2009 cricket matches, the uh, one-day final. The World Cup final, yeah. I mean... Did you watch that live? uh, Yeah. So uh, that was set up in the flat. So there was four of us living in Queen's Park, all of us massive sports fans. Rugby was covered, football was covered, golf covered, cricket covered, everything. Everyone, somebody in the house liked one sport in the world so every time there was kind of a big day we'd have like four televisions in the living room set up with pizzas and a yeah. fuckload of beer and all that kind of stuff so we had the cricket on i want to say i want to say some kind of golf on i can't remember anyway cricket on and the tennis and the wimbledon final on for the world cup final against new zealand and it's just i've never been on those days with all four of us we you know one of us would be on one but we just turned the tellies off slowly until we were just fixed on Joffrey Archer yeah. doing that super the over. super over. The super over. And it's the first time I've ever heard Great that. Great invention in cricket that was. Fantastic. But the name, it's so American. Yeah. It should be called like something boring. Yeah. We made the game. Yes. We should have something traditional, not the super over. Yes. The, the super over. The deciding yeah. over, the um, yeah. honorary over, the additional. That's very good. Something, the additional. Mean, yeah. Something like that. Because they had the lights on the stumps. Yes. Yeah, so when yeah. they're tapped over, I can see them. They're like burnt. You know when you look at the sun for two seconds and then you close your eyes? Every time I close my eyes, I can still see those red lights just being toppled over. And the house just went insane. It's like one of the best sporting moments I've ever seen in my life. It was incredible. But there's been loads. I mean, recently, there's been loads. I mean, for me... Football-wise, obviously, I haven't cried so much in my life than when England got knocked out by Portugal two two tournaments in a row. Yeah, that was pretty bad. And Ronaldo giving the wink after he saw Rooney off that was vile. The vile. wink, the wink, the wink, the wink, absolute vile. What a winker! What a fucking winker! Um, but that was bad. But you know, the Istanbul final. I'm not a Liverpool fan. Yes, 2005 Champions League. Just, I mean. Oh. 
There's a story I mean, there. I'll tell you another episode when because I've got a Liverpool can't. fan in mind that we need to get on, and I'll tell you my uh, oh, brilliant Istanbul. Oh, I'm story. looking forward to that. Oh, brilliant! But I mean, you can't get any more dramatic than that. No. And Steven Gerrard, no matter what you think about him, that was just so. I think amazing a lot about him. him. What do you think about him? Um, sounded like you don't think a lot of him, Jack. I've called him a wanker at the Hawthorns before. Well, okay. I mean, yeah. But I mean, you quite, quite admire times, the man. And Frank Lampard as well. Yes, but I mean. Who's you like more, Frank or, or Frank or Stevie? I think I'd say Stevie. Although I'm a Celtic fan, not a Rangers fan, so that's sort of he's gone down in my estimation. Um, <laughs> Liverpool's victory again, recent years Champions League 4-0 at home, Barcelona to take it to 4-3 and aggregate to qualify yeah. fine. Amazing. Huge. Tottenham, similarly, other semi-final against Man City, great game, last-minute goals, which I watched on my iPad while having my one and only and first tattoo on my leg no and, way yeah which took four hours and i watched it distracted by watching tottenham man city are you I um think... are you a formula one fan now this is where else i was going to go so a guy i used to live with he um matt his name matt baker Borks for short oh, yeah. um that's got a story behind it not the uh, one shows to... matt baker no no although obviously we told him that as well yeah he used to work for a company called img which worked for the european tour so he traveled around the world watching golf he's a massive oh, golfer all God. this kind of stuff loved it so i'm like this is the best job in the world right so he did um sky sports have got a show called golfing world so he traveled around the world and interview rory mcelroy and blah blah oh, blah and be yeah. a presenter and all this kind of stuff uh, he's been to the Masters a few times and seen all this kind of stuff. Absolutely amazing. And then he came down once and said, oh, yeah, I've got a job interview. And I was like, what for? You, why are you leaving your job? And he said, I'm going to be a producer for the Formula One team for the Sky Sports. <sighs> No. So he way. now just does it. He just does that, but for Formula One. So yeah, he goes everywhere. He's, he was yeah. in Bahrain a couple of weeks ago. See, he I'd loves love. It. I'd love a job just traveling with sport great to work job, for an F1 team like that. <laughs> oh, I think it'd be yeah, great. Incredible. I know it breaks I mean, up families and all massive... the rest of it, but. Oh, yeah, no, who needs families when you've got, you know, the smell of asphalt, Rob? Yeah. You're obsessed with um, smelling uh, sports people and surfaces. Sue Baker, Sue Barker. I Sue Barker. Sue smell Barker's like... new fragrance, asphalt. <laughs> <laughs> Correct, exactly. By David Beckham. She, um, but no, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a massive F1 fan. The ma- the biggest season I was involved with was involved with. Involved. It sounds like I was there. Do you mean watched? Watched, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I watched with a cup of tea once. Yeah. Was the first year Button won it with mm. Braun. With Braun, Brilliant. that was so great. that season was great, and it yeah. was like it's like Leicester winning the, the Premiership, really. That exactly, combination. Yeah. It was like who the hell are Braun? That season was good, but I think we're going to go on to what I know you're going to go on to now, and that is your love of Lewis Hamilton. I do love Lewis Hamilton because I think he's just a extraordinarily talented. Mm. There's just it's it's the same reason I like Andy Murray. There's something sort of fundamentally un-British about them in that they are single-mindedly champions. Not the sort of they're not the Tim Henman sort of gallant losers. They are single-mindedly yeah. focused, talented, driven, amazing, excelling at their sport people mm. who I know he's a bit of a marmite, isn't he, Lewis Hamilton? For a lot of people, I've got a lot of friends who are not. I think he's absolutely brilliant and. I've always loved him and I just love the fact he's been so dominant. I love the fact he's breaking records left, right and centre. And I think the 2008 
his first world championship, I think it was, yeah. when he won in Brazil. Amazing final race. It was so much better when the final races were in Brazil. It's when Formula One was good. It's terrible at the moment. I was going to say, it's gone. It's like, really people bad. Who do I'm like so Formula, it's bored of it now. these days. It's boring. Yeah. I think it might come back in, in New Year's, but the last five, five years have been terrible. But, but it's very technical, specific, yeah, and all that kind of technology. Yeah. I mean, behind you used it to have like, you know, pit stops where cars would set on fire. That was brilliant. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, 2008, last lap victory. Felipe Massa thought he'd won the championship. His parents were over yeah. the moon. They're all, and then Hamilton that. came in. Oh, amazing. Incredible. And then and a couple before your time here. Steve Davis versus Dennis Taylor, 1985. You get the snooker. Black right? ball snooker final. You you were were you born right? in the 95? You wouldn't have been born, would you, 85? 85, no, I was, I'm 90, if you talk, I'm 92, if you're talking about snooker, that's very... Are um, you aware of that final? I'm not aware of the final, but I I want to learn, because snooker is, is it a sport? Anyway, carry on. Yeah, that's a good question, but this is, I mean, God, 1985, I'll have been uh, nine years old, this was, this pre-Channel 4, pre-Channel 5, no, actually Channel 4 was 1984, I think, anyway... When the whole nation all just used to basically watch BBC One watch, or ITV yeah, yeah, all the yeah. time. And this was on <laughs> BBC One and it went in and he, he was eight nil down, eight frames nil down, Dennis Taylor. And he came back to win the final on the black ball in the last frame. And they sent the black ball around the table 10, 12, 13, 15 times. The nation was on tenter hooks. It was... <laughs> Incredible. Everybody watched it. And of course, because he had those crazy, ridiculous glasses glasses, and such a nice, jovial Irishman. And everyone sort of, I mean, Steve Davis, what a great guy he is now. But when he was in his prime, everyone sort of hated him because he was boring and mechanical. And he just, he was just too good. You know, he, people didn't like, he was sort of like Pete Sampras. You know, he just sort of kept (laughs) delivering and boring. And what he did great was he sort of owned that in after his career and became known as the boring snooker player and owned it and actually was very charming and affable. An amazing, amazing sporting event, apparently watched by 18.5 million people. Um, in the 80s, which in no sporting event gets that people, anymore. Yeah, yeah no sporting yeah, no. event. Then, of course, Italia 90, Gaza's Tears. Yeah. Great sporting moment. I was, yeah, yeah, I that's was too early for you. So what yeah. World Cup would you say? Because everyone's got Best a World, World Cup, Cup that they sort of loved and got on board and Panini sticker album. 2002, 2002 Korea, Japan. Right. How old were you then? Uh, Ronaldinho over the head of Seaman. Yes, of course. And his oh. tears. His tears. Oh, yeah, it was horrible. Uh, weirdly enough, as well, we um, because it, the, the timing of that was ridiculous. So it would have been because of the time difference. I would have woken up in the morning, and then my mum and my brother would wake us up, and then mum would do the school run with a few of the kids in my class because they lived local. And I remember Michael Owen scoring before we got in the car. I remember watching it on the telly before we got in the car to go to breakfast club where the match would be on, and all the teachers would be in the fire exit smoking fags because it's nine o'clock in the morning watching the match. Yeah. While we all have Cheerios, that was the first. I mean, I can't really remember who else we played in that tournament, um, but the Brazil game was huge, and then yeah. Ronaldo and Ronaldinho yeah. stormed off the bits, and then they won the World Cup, which is fair enough. But yeah. I do remember that, and Beckham with, and of course the Greece, um, the free kick oh, against Greece. God, yeah, I Trafford. mean, that was huge. Yeah. yeah, absolutely huge. I remember I was in a pub watching it. I was in the play area, obviously, and the noise. It's probably the first time I've kind of felt that big. Yeah. <gasps> 
that, you know, the insane noise and the limbs that everybody talks about these days. And that was his sort of redemption from France 98 yeah, sending exactly. off, you know, because he'd been so vilified yeah. and then he got us to the next one. And uh, it was, yeah. oh, I mean, what a great man. I mean, I'm just yeah, a, such incredible. a great fan of David Beckham. I love we'll get him about on this, don't worry. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah, yeah. Can I just mention um, a couple of others? Please. Before, before we have to go to bed. Um, <laughs> ben Johnson, Carl Lewis. Ben Johnson, drug right. sprint final, 1998 Seoul Olympics, 100 metre final. Again, not born. Were you aware of that? Again, I mean, I've, I've heard stories about it, but I never really got into any sort yeah, of athletics I mean, that until... Was drama, drama. I mean, yeah. incredible to A, watch the final, think he'd won it because Carl Lewis was everyone's sort of favourite and then... Johnson came through and won it in you know in, in crazy style to be then subsequently banned a few days later. Carl Lewis given the gold medal retrospectively drug central, and I mean, that, that was in nineteen ninety Seoul Olympics. Yeah, which my cousin Robbie, not my cousin, but my my godmother's son Robbie, was at the Seoul Olympics. I don't know if he was at the hundred meter finals because he won the fifth gold run on blockbusters. <laughs> <laughs> Hosted by Bob Holders. And he was, you know, it's two against one or two brains better than one. Well, yeah. no, they're not because my cousin Robbie was the single guy who got his fifth gold run prize, which was an all expenses paid trip to the 1998 Seoul Olympics. This is that is a blast from the past. Blockbusters. <laughs> Block- <laughs> I've never even watched that. <laughs> God, you're so northern, Rob. It's ridiculous. Can I have a pee, please, Bob? I can imagine you all sitting around in Wakefield with your tea and pie supper. Oh, somebody put Blockbusters on telly. Ah, Robbie's on. And last one I'm going to mention, because this is a big moment in my life, well, not a big moment in my life, but one of them is Torval and Dean Bolero. Oh, really? Sarajevo, 1984, Winter Olympics. I would have been eight. I remember watching it the most moving one of the most iconic moments in olympic history highest scoring figure skaters of all time 12 perfect sixes get in touch with us if you were alive to watch <laughs> torvan and dean um get 12 sixes i mean the only downside is we now still have to watch them on that bloody dancing oh, with ice every yeah. week i mean although watching uh Gemma collins stack shit when she fell over that one time yeah, that was brilliant totally planned by the way yeah exactly yeah. Um, <laughs> you're so cynical no, that's so, <laughs> I need to get better at that so I reckon that is episode one done Jackie boy join us next time everyone as we debate the big list free tickets our bucket list of major sporting events <laughs> Well, that's full time on another Stage Door Athletic pod. Thanks for listening. Make sure to look out for Encores with bonus pod episodes where we talk about all sorts from awful advert auditions to top transfers. And stay in touch. Meet other club members and share your best sporting moments on Instagram at Stage Door Athletic. And on TikTok at Stage Door Athletic as well. Right, we're off to the clubhouse for a pint. Yeah.